Hello and welcome to episode number eight of the Draft Analyst, presented by the Believe Sports Podcast Network. Do you believe? I'm Chris Tripodi of DraftAnalyst.com, and with me is longtime draft analyst Tony Pauline, as always. College football regular season finished up with Saturday's annual battle between Army and Navy, which means only one thing, Tony. It's officially bowl season. How does that make you feel? Well, it makes puts me in a good mood. It means we're closer to the holidays or we're right in the middle of the holidays. I've got nothing but fond memories of the bowl games. I mean, a long time ago before ESPN took it over, when I was a young, impressionable youth, I used to watch the games on the Raycom and Mislu television networks. The college bowl games used to be uh, used to be shown here in New York on WPIX. Listen, used to listen to the voice of Howard David bring all those bowl games across the TV screen. Howard David, who was the voice of the New York Jets and then the Miami Dolphins for a while. The Astro Blue Bonnet Bowl, Cherry Bowl, the All-American Bowl, all these games that no longer exist, you know, would go to about one o'clock in the morning you know, before our game. So I've got nothing but good memories. And let me just say, we're going to preview the first five games, which are taking place on Saturday the 15th. We're not going to talk about the Celebration Bowl. And it's not that we are ignoring the game. It's just that there are no NFL prospects of note in this year's contest as North Carolina takes on North Carolina A&T, I should say, takes on Alcorn State. And that's unlike previous years. I mean, last year, Brandon Parker played in this game for North Carolina A&T. He was the third pick of the Oakland Raiders this past April, and he's now starting for the team at right tackle. Martez uh, Carter of Grambling, running back, also played in the game a year ago, spent some time with the Redskins in camp. And two years ago, a guy by the name of Tariq Cohen, who was playing for North Carolina A&T, rushed for 295 yards in this game. I'm sorry, it was the 2015 game, so it was actually three years ago. So we're not ignoring the uh, Celebration Bowl, just that there really aren't any major prospects of note in this year's contest. And obviously we don't have any game film to review in this episode, but Saturday does bring us those six bowl games. Again, we're not going to do the Celebration Bowl because of the explanation Tony just threw out there. But we will start in Albuquerque with the New Mexico Bowl between 10-2 and Utah State and 9-3 and North Texas. And the main interest in this game is the Aggies passing game. Redshirt sophomore quarterback Jordan Love, he was arguably the best quarterback in the Mountain West this season based strictly on performance. He threw 28 touchdowns, just five interceptions. He has prototypical NFL size at 6'4", 225, next-level arm strength. So he's a player to watch, even if he may not declare for the 2019 draft. Dax Raymond is a player we've talked about previously on this podcast. The tight end has accepted a senior bowl invite, and while his numbers were down from the 2017 season, he is still an intriguing prospect for the early portions of day three. Now, Utah State's leading receiver the last three seasons Ron Quavian Tarver is also an NFL prospect. Tony, what do you want to see from these guys? And is there anybody else you have an eye on in this game? Well, let's start with uh, Jordan Love, who right now I grade as a third round pick. There is a lot of excitement uh, about his game. Uh, Teams already like him. They have him on the radar. Third year sophomore, not expected to enter the draft. But he's the type of guy that if he has another big year as a redshirt junior heading towards the 2020 draft, He's going to be a, he could be a reasonably high pick. I mean, a top 45 guy. So, you know, you want to watch him throwing the ball to Dax Raymond. Raymond, as we had reported, was going to enter the draft. He eventually did. He's a big, athletic, down-the-field pass catcher, an overage guy who went on a Mormon mission, which was part of the reason why he entered the draft. Can split the seam, creates a lot of separation. 
and mismatches in the secondary. I have him as a fourth round prospect right now, though there are some who feel he can move into the second day of the draft if he runs well. And you mentioned Ron Quavian Tarver, who came into the season with late round grades from scouts, more of a bigger possession type of guy. Now, who are we going to watch on North Texas? North Texas defensive tackle Roderick Young. He's more of a three technique type of guy. Doesn't have great bulk, goes about 6'2", 291 pounds, but he's got great first step quickness and basically can beat the blockers off the snap. That's the way he has to beat the blockers. So uh, he's a guy who's going to try and menace Jordan Love and, and, and upset his rhythm. And keep an eye on North Texas cornerback Cayman Hall, a guy who came into the season graded as a priority free agent. He's had a terrific year, five interceptions. I believe another seven passes broken up. So uh, against Ronquavian Tarver, and occasionally uh, when Dax Raymond gets down the middle of the field, basically going to be up to Cayman Hall to try and break up the passes that Jordan Love is putting up in the air. And one last guy to watch defensively from Utah State, Tipicalea, a TCU transfer, started off hot. I believe the first four or five weeks of the season, he had five sacks. Scouts were all over him. Kind of didn't play to the level, didn't match that level in the second half, has kind of cooled down. But still, a guy I've got graded right now as a fourth-round prospect, intercepted two passes. He's an athletic guy who can develop into more than a pass rusher, basically a three-down linebacker. So watch Galea during this game. Moving on to the Cure Bowl now, where we get a matchup of a couple teams who hovered right around 500 and, and hovered right around bowl eligibility this year. That's 7-6 and six Louisiana and 6-6 six and six Tulane. There aren't any top 150 prospects in this game, but there are a couple draftable ones. Donnie Lewis, out of Tulane, led the AAC with 20 passes defended, conference high 17 pass breakups, and also three interceptions, which I believe was tied for third in the conference. Tony, what do you like about Lewis, and is there anybody else you'll be watching here on either team? Yeah, first thing is, it's amazing. Louisiana, or as they used to be known, Louisiana Lafayette against Tulane playing in the Cure Bowl. You would have thought that this was a perfect matchup for the uh, New Orleans Bowl, but I guess not. You know, you mentioned Lewis. A lot of teams like him entered the season basically as a priority free agent, has moved into the late rounds of the draft. He's got excellent size, over six foot tall, right near about 195, 200 pounds, runs and plays in the low four fives. Very good cover skills. A guy who could develop into a dime back at the next level. Uh, Teron Enkelade, the uh, receiver from Tulane. Someone who was thought to be a potential late-round pick entering the year. He really didn't have the season scouts at Hope. 39 receptions for 634 yards with four TDs. He's a guy who's got decent size. Enkelade at 5'11 and a half, 185 pounds. Runs and plays the mid four fours. I don't think he's going to get drafted as scouts had thought of or had predicted early in the year entering the senior season. But he's a guy to keep an eye on as a priority free agent, as a potential fifth receiver, return specialist. Really, Louisiana only has one pro prospect on my board, Kevin Dotson, their fourth year junior guard, six three and a half, three hundred pounds, relatively athletic, a guy who's strong at the point of attack, can get out in the second level and block in motion, more of a zone-blocking type of guard. I don't think he's going to enter the draft. I don't think he should enter the draft, but keep an eye on Kevin Dotson uh, moving forward. Now, before we get to our last three previews, please support the Draft Analyst by subscribing on iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play, or any of the big podcast platforms. You can also find us at Believe.com. Leave a rating and a review, and if you ask a question in your review, we'll do our best to answer it on the show if there's time at the end. You can also tweet us questions, at Chris Tripodi, at Tony Pauline, at Draft Analyst One, and at Believe underscore LA to get in touch with the show as well. Getting back on track here, the Vegas Bowl 
features several potential day two prospects, and the game is between 7-5 and five Arizona State and 11-2 and two Fresno State, which just won the Mountain West title game in an overtime thriller against Boise State. We'll start with defensive tackle Rennell Wren, who during the summer made the freak list published every year by Bruce Feldman. He's a great athlete, top-notch explosion off the line. We'll also see him at the Senior Bowl. Nikhil Harry is a guy we've talked about several times on this podcast, been among the leading receivers in the Pac-12 the past two seasons. But again, there are some questions as to how his game will translate to the NFL level. And of course, moving over to the Fresno State side of things, we have Mike Bell, another guy who we've discussed at length on the podcast. Tony, break it down. What are your thoughts on this game? You know, it's an interesting thing about Rennell Wren. As you mentioned, he was invited to the Senior Bowl. But on uh, Thursday, uh, Friday, I'm sorry, Friday, December 7th, right around noon, the Shrine game put out a tweet that Wren had accepted an invitation to play in the Shrine game. So I don't know if he's intending on playing in both games. I doubt that's the case. But regardless of that, he is a defensive lineman who has watched his stock move north. He's not talked a lot about outside of scouting circles. As you mentioned, he's known as an excellent athlete. He's got terrific size. Six foot five, 295 pounds. He's going to run very fast in pre-draft workouts. He doesn't have gaudy statistics, but he was asked at Arizona State basically to do nothing more than occupy the gaps and take up as many blockers as possible so his teammates around him can make many plays. He has the athletic skills to play uh, to make plays up the field. He's got the size to play defensive tackle. He can be used as a two-gap end in certain systems. You know, if Wren goes, I have him right now as a second-round selection. If Wren goes to the Senior Bowl and performs during the three days of practices, he's capable. His draft stock is really just going to explode. Now, the big matchup that we would have hoped for would have been Fresno State defensive back Mike Bell Jr., against Nikhil Harry, the Arizona State receiver. But Harry is not playing in this game because right after he announced that he was entering the draft, he signed with an agent, which basically makes him ineligible to participate in the contest. We've spoken about Harry a couple times on this podcast. He's got excellent size. He makes incredible receptions that you will see week after week after week in the highlight shows. A lot of one-handed grabs, grabs in the middle of a crowd. Question with Harry is, can he separate at the next level? Does he have the quickness, the route running skills, or the speed to be more than a receiver that wins out for the 50-50 balls? There are people who uh, project him as a first-round selection. As I reported on this podcast a couple of weeks ago, there are some teams who think he's only a third-round choice because he's just a big guy who wins out for the difficult catch. We'll have to see him pre-draft workouts. I believe this will be uh, Mike Bell's last game for Fresno State. I believe he's going to enter the draft. We've spoken about him in the past. Excellent length. At six foot two, nice size, decent speed in the low four fives. He plays tough physical football. He's a tough run defender with solid ball skills, a guy that can play safety at the next level, and you can line him up over the slot receiver in nickel or dime situations. Uh, Cole Cabral, the center from Arizona State, third year junior who used to play tackle. A lot of teams like him. He was a guy who, when I watched him in 2016, uh, I'm sorry, 2017, he was on my radar screen. He was pushed inside to his more natural position of center. He's a guy moving forward that's going to be highly rated. And then someone, a player that I don't think people talk enough about is Keyshawn Johnson of Fresno. That's K-E-E Sean Johnson, not K-E-Y. Guy who doesn't have great measurables, 6'1", 200 pounds, probably runs in the higher four or fives, but all he's done is produce year after year. He's a great vertical receiver. He's sort of a lesser version of Anthony Johnson of Buffalo to make a comparison. He's a guy who consistently makes a lot of big plays down the field. He's got a lot of natural receiving skills. He's very productive. 
He's sort of the go-to guy in the Fresno State passing game that opponents can't stop. But like Anthony Johnson, there are questions about Keyshawn Johnson's speed and ability to separate much more so than Anthony Johnson of Buffalo. He came into the season graded as a uh, street-free agent by scouts. I've always thought he's worthy of a last-round selection because of his natural receiving skills and because of the way he consistently makes big plays. Going to be interesting to watch him against that very aggressive Arizona State defensive back seven. We'll move on to the evening game here on Saturday, and that's the Camellia Bowl between Eastern Michigan and Georgia Southern. Eastern Michigan won its final three games to even become bowl eligible. They were four and five before that. Georgia Southern enjoyed a nine and three season. In the end, Eastern Michigan's late season surge just gives us a chance to watch pass rusher Max Crosby go up against Georgia Southern in this game. Tony, you gave him a sixth round grade over the summer. He was a week seven riser over at draftanalyst.com. How do you view him now? What do you want to see in this matchup? And, And where do you think he can go in the draft? As we reported in the past, I'm pretty confident saying this is going to be his last college game. Just to reiterate, there are people out there who have told me he's already decided on representation. He's decided on an agent. And even if by chance he doesn't enter the draft, this is probably the last game he plays for Eastern Michigan because there's talk of him being a graduate transfer. Crosby's a guy that's consistently improved this game, consistently been more impactful. As you said, I graded him as a late-round pick coming into the season. He really caught the attention of people when Eastern Michigan went out and lost a close contest to San Diego State. San Diego State had two terrific offensive tackles and some other good prospects on the offensive line, and Crosby ate him alive. I grade him right now as a third-round choice. A lot will depend on how much he weighs in at combine workouts or or pro-day workouts and how fast he runs. He's hopefully going to be in the 255-pound range. He's going to have to run in the low four sevens. If he does that, he can move into the second day of the draft. If he's a little bit lighter, if he's a little bit slower, he's going to fall in the draft. But I think this is basically it for Max Crosby, who I think can be a very good player at the next level, either standing over tackle or as a one-gap defensive end. As far as Georgia Southern is concerned, Monquavian uh, Brinson, their cornerback, is a guy who I like a lot. He's a third-year junior. I give him a fifth-round grade. Decent size, 5'10", 180 pounds. Really better facing the ball than he is with his back to the ball, but a guy that's feisty, has a lot of tackles against the run, and likes to mix it up. One more name that you got to watch for, Kyle Ratchwell of Eastern Michigan, a guy who was not graded by scouts coming into the year. All he does is make tackles. A little bit undersized, six foot two, 220 pounds, but he's what teams want in the linebackers this, these days. A guy that's quick, a guy that's fast getting to the ball, and a run and chase guy that, that is constantly making tackles. I don't think Rach Wall is going to get drafted, but I definitely think he should be on the uh, radar for most scouts, and I think he's going to be a sort of, uh, he'll, he'll be signed after the draft and could make it as a seventh or eighth linebacker at the next level if he plays well on special teams. Now move along to the final game of Saturday, the night game here that features two conference title participants, and that would be the New Orleans Bowl between Sunbelt champion Appalachian State and Middle Tennessee, which fell to UAB in the Conference USA Championship. Not really much in the way of draftable prospects in this game. Running back Jalen Moore, who we discussed a few weeks ago, won't play in this game. He did actually receive and accept a Senior Bowl invite. When he got hurt in October, he was given an 8-12 to 12 week timetable. So there's a good chance that he will be able to practice that Senior Bowl week and play in the Senior Bowl. He won't be playing in this game, though, which is unfortunate. But there are a couple other players to talk about here. Tony, who intrigues you the most? Well, let's start with Moore. From what I'm told, he's way ahead 
of his scheduled recovery. Very unlikely he's going to play in the senior bowl, but I am told he will be ready for uh, combine workouts. So Moore's ahead of the game. It's good to see that he uh, he accepted the invitation for the uh, senior bowl. Remember, senior bowl now is as much about or as important as the practices or the interviews, because teams use the interviews at the Senior Bowl, basically replace some of the interviews at the Combine. They basically get all the information they can on the participants at the Senior Bowl, all the players they want on the participants at the Senior Bowl. This way, they don't have to use one of their 60 interviews at the Combine on somebody they spoke with at the Senior Bowl. I like Victor Johnson, the tackle from Appalachian State, 6'4", 300 pounds, moves relatively well. I think he's likely going to be a guard at the next level. Really not a lot as far as Middle Tennessee is concerned when, it, when you're talking about next-level prospects. Uh, Darius Harris is an outside linebacker who runs around the field and makes a lot of tackles. Average size, average speed, but I think from an NFL prospect point of view, this game really took a hit when Jalen Moore hurt his ankle back in October and basically won't be able to play. And that's all we have for you here on the eighth episode of The Draft Analysts, presented by the Believe Sports Podcast Network. Do you believe? If you're enjoying the show, please subscribe wherever you get your podcasts and leave us a rating and a review, and feel free to send us questions to answer on the show. Head over to draftanalyst.com as your go-to resource for information on this year's bowl games. We'll have draft grids up for every game to help you navigate the prospects to watch. With several weeknight bowl games next week, we'll come back with another show early in the week to preview those for you as well. Until then, for Tony Pauline, I'm Chris Tripodi. Good night.